Welcome to the Crosses Initiative podcast. I'm here with Dia Chakraborty, and yeah, it's really nice for you to be here. Uh, welcome. And could you just start off by introducing yourself? Yeah. So first of all, thanks so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be talking with y'all today. Um, so for t- introducing myself, my name is Dia. I go by she/her pronouns, and I'm currently a freshman at UC Berkeley studying cognitive science. Fortunately, I'm on campus now, so I've just been doing school, exploring the campus, and hanging out with friends, and it's been a really fun time. And outside of that, I'm pretty interested in design, data science, and education, and I'll see where I go from here. That's really interesting. So more about your um, education, uh, what would you say are some negatives and positives about your major specifically? Yeah, that's a good question, because cognitive science is such a broad field. So I guess I can start by talking about what cognitive science even is. So simply put, cognitive science is basically the interdisciplinary study of the mind. And depending on where you study it, it, there might be different emphasis. But at Berkeley specifically, it's a combination of psychology, neuroscience, computer science, linguistics, and philosophy. So you get to cover a whole bunch with the major. Um, personally, I think that Cogsci has a bunch of pros and not too many cons, so I can just jump right into that. I think the biggest pro of Cogsci is that there's no set career path, and you can spin it to whatever you'd like based on your interests. Since Berkeley's so close to Silicon Valley, there's definitely a tech emphasis on Cogsci, where a lot of people are interested in stuff like computer science, AI, machine learning, things like that. Um, but I'd say other common paths for Cogsci would be being pre-med, going into research, um, doing more business stuff like marketing and design. Um, But literally you can do whatever you want with it, which I think is so great. Um, Other perks of the major are that Cal, um, specifically for the College of Letters and Sciences has a seventh course breadth requirement, which are basically your GEs. And the great thing about CogSci is you can satisfy most of your breadth with the major alone. And I guess one of the biggest pros of it is that there's no singular cognitive science department, but it's rather a combination of a bunch of different departments collaborating together. So you get to learn from super cool professors from all sorts of different fields. Um, CogSci has a few cons, however, but I personally think you can spin these into pros anyways. Um, Since so few classes are labeled as CogSci, Um, a lot of the classes you take are out of department. So for example, for your psychology and computer science classes, those students will have priority over you. Um, But personally, I haven't really been waitlisted for classes that much and it just works out in the end. Um, I think another con of the CogSci major is that it's not as technical of a degree as computer science or data science. It's more liberal liberal arts where you have a more humanities emphasis. The good news is that many cognitive science students like to double major or minor in one of the two, and I feel like Berkeley even encourages that. Um, I guess the last con, but could also be a pro, is that coming into Cal, you definitely have to know, like, what aspects of cognitive science you might be potentially interested in. Um, Otherwise, it's definitely easy to take a bunch of irrelevant classes um, if you don't have a plan. But overall, I think CogSci has everything to offer and very little to lose. 
All right, that sounds really great. <laughs> I want to do cockside now. But um, outside of that, uh, how would you describe the environment at Berkeley? Yeah, so all throughout high school and pretty much until like the day I committed to Berkeley, I've always had this very negative impression of the school from everywhere from like fellow students to Reddit and YouTube, which I'll say don't look at Reddit during the college application process because that'll take a toll on your mental health. I think some things you'll commonly hear about Berkeley are that like, oh, Berkeley's so competitive. It's really cutthroat and people will like steal your notes so you can't study or whatever. And people are always like grinding for classes and are super depressed, et cetera. First of all, I think that's a thing of many top tier schools because people are just working so hard to pursue their goals. But I think while you'll definitely see people grind for midterms and somehow balance everything all together, I think that Berkeley students are honestly so much more than that. If I had to describe Berkeley students and the environment in three words, I would say it's enriching, resourceful, and accepting. Um, for enriching, I, to be honest, even though I haven't been at Berkeley for very long, it's only been a couple months, I feel like I've mo learned more in college than all of high school because college just moves at a so much faster pace, but it's also like a much more exciting and interesting than high school. I feel like in high school, you're pretty much doing the same thing as everyone else, kind of tweaked to your interests. But in college, there are, first of all, like so many more options for classes. Plus, Berkeley really encourages collaborating with your peers through projects and assignments and stuff. Um, on that note, Berkeley is also super resourceful. I Coming into Cal, I didn't realize how many resources are here to help students succeed from, from mental health support and um, being safe on campus to having like free tutoring sessions for your classes and even like student taught classes, which we call decals. There's just like so much out there that <laughs> Berkeley students even create resources to help you navigate already existing resources, which I think is super amazing. And then finally, I think Berkeley is super accepting now, not going to lie, when you guys do your college applications, every single school is going to claim that it will be very diverse and people will come from all walks of life. But I think it's especially true for Berkeley in terms of not just like race, ethnicity and class, but also their perspectives. So on my floor alone, there's like 20 or 30 people. And I have friends studying everything from computer science, econ and bio to architecture, poli sci and civil engineering. And although a good number of Berkeley students are from California, because that in-state tuition is super nice, I know people who are from the Midwest, East Coast, and even international, like in Asia and South America. Um, something in common we have is that we're all known to be pretty liberal and we're all energetic and nerdy about something, even if it's not academics. All right, and then um, we're talking about uh, the environment and kind of like also just like talking about your experience with school. Uh, do you mm -hmm. have any experiences in kind of dealing with your mental health or competitiveness at school, if you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah, for sure. I feel like my mental health at Cal has been a lot better than high school. So I'll just focus on my high school experience since that's been obviously more complete than my college experience. So in elementary and middle school, I always did like, like gate classes or like classes for like gifted kids which I think is faulty in its own way but anyways when I entered high school I feel like freshman year was all fun and games but then sophomore year 
I don't know what happened to the difficulty in classes, but I feel like just having a bunch of more honors and AP classes definitely took a toll on my grades and mental health because that's the first time I received grades that were not A's in my classes. Um, this was so like pivotal in my high school career that I even wrote one of my college essays on productive procrastination. And I guess basically my issue was that no matter how much I planned or studied and tried to map out my life, ultimately I wasn't getting stuff done and the results I wanted. So it took a while for me to confront my problem um, from talking with friends and family to just like reflecting on why things are happening the way they are. And I guess one of the biggest solutions and best things I could have done for myself was go to therapy. Now, I know maybe some of you like love therapy, maybe some of you have never even considered going to therapy yourself, but I highly recommend everyone goes to therapy at least once in their lifetime. I think high school is a great place to start, but obviously it's never too late. Um, in particular, I did a type of therapy called cognitive behavioral th therapy, which was luckily covered by my insurance. And not to, be, not to be like dramatic or anything, but I feel like it literally changed my life. Um, so for those of you who don't know, cognitive behavioral therapy is basically a form of talk therapy. And you don't have to be like specifically diagnosed with depression or anxiety or anything like that. I feel like anyone can benefit from it. So it's basically a form of talk therapy where you're talking with your therapist and your therapist will help you identify negative thought patterns. So for example, you might, maybe you bombed a test one day and you think, oh my gosh, I bombed this test. I'm so stupid. I can never like do better in this class. Your therapist would basically help you identify like where are, where's like the faulty logic in your thinking. And the idea is by identifying your thinking patterns, you can then fix it and then impact your behaviors and hopefully improve them. Um, so me going into cognitive behavioral therapy could be a whole nother podcast, but for now, I'll just say it's very <laughs> life-changing and it's also why I'm a cognitive science major. Um, I guess going on a bigger scale from that, some big lessons I've learned that I hope you guys can realize sooner rather than later, like I did, is one, don't compare yourself to others. I know it's really hard to do in a high school setting because I feel like in high school, you're doing a lot of similar things with your peers. So like comparing yourself might be a natural part, but try to stop that as early as you can and you'll thank yourself later. Um, second, I highly recommend focusing on learning and not the end result. Um, so this, this means like having more of a growth mindset and thinking that you can improve from where you are instead of thinking like, oh, I'm like naturally smart or dumb or whatever. Um, that's totally not true. Get that out of your head right now. And then finally, practice gratitude. Um, if you guys want some super specific resources to look into, I highly recommend Yale's famous happiness course. Um, it talks about like the science of happiness and well-being and why things like grades, a good job, a college degree won't make you happy. And this book called Where You Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be by Frank Bruni, who's a New York Times columnist who's done a bunch of research on college admissions, both from the student side and from the college's side. Definitely, okay. I, I mean, I've heard CBT is great. Um, I know many people that have gone through it and personally have too. So CBT is like a good thing for people, even if they're not mentally ill. I think it's a really great mm -hmm. thing to talk about. And I would definitely talk about it more if we could. 
but another question is um, kind of talking about for younger students, since you have this like perspective, uh, do you have any advice for younger students who are approaching their college years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, first of all, you guys are going to hate me for saying this because you probably heard this advice over and over again, but I truly mean it. Um, and it's that time management and balance are the key. Um, I went from having a grind, hustle culture mindset to adopting a work hard, play hard mentality. Um, I think, I don't know if you guys seen that meme on Instagram where it's the triangle of like um, getting good grades, having a social life and getting enough sleep and taking care of your mental health. And the memes basically like you can only pick two out of three because you supposedly can't have everything at the same time. But to be honest, I think it's definitely possible to succeed in your academics, extracurriculars, and personal life with a bit of planning. Um, I think the best way to do this is have some sort of organization system that works for you, whether it's using a planner, Google Calendar, a productivity app like Notion or whatever, or even if you're not so much of a type A person and a simple to-do list works for you. Um, some way to schedule your time, especially during the time of online school, will definitely save lots of more time for later. Um, one underrated resource, I think, is to use a bunch of free resources. You guys may not realize it, but there's so much, like, really good quality, but free resources around you. So when I was um, starting to think about my college app journey in my sophomore and junior years, I watched, this might be kind of cringy, but I watched a lot of college YouTubers and talked to upperclassmen friends and read online blogs from various sources about the college admissions process. Um, definitely use these as inspiration to get started and start thinking about your journey, but don't just dwell on these on inspiration and actually focus on getting started. Um, if you're an underclassman, you can definitely play the, oh, I'm just a freshman, I don't know what I'm doing card and try anything and everything that might interest you. So this could mean joining a bunch of clubs, seeing which ones you like, and then focusing on the ones you, um, you really enjoy and dropping the rest. Um, this might mean pursuing your own like passion project outside of school. Don't limit yourself when you're an upper underclassman because you don't know where this could lead you. And if you're an upperclassman, I strongly recommend focusing on whatever you have right now and more so your personal development and thinking about what's beyond high school, whether it's talking to your older friends and adults to just reflecting on your journey. And the most important advice, no matter what age you are, is to not forget, is don't forget to enjoy the little moments in life, because one day it can literally be taken away from you, like it was for me by senior spring. Yeah, I think that uh, everybody's life was kind of put on hold for a little bit. But um, thank you so much. Uh, just like that's all the questions, but would you like to make any other last minute comments or anything really at the end? Um. I think I'm good. I think I covered everything for now, but thank you so much for having me on today. All right. Great. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here. And that's all for the podcast. Thank you for listening.